Hello and welcome to the Pint of Sport podcast. I'm your host, Harry Graham. Welcome to the latest edition of the Pint of Sport podcast. We've got our regulars back in Rob Swarbrick and Henry Longhurst and a debutant in Alex Armstrong tucking into his cup of tea there. Welcome, fellas. Hiya. Alright, Graham. How's it going? I'm waiting for Exit to say something. I've directly called him out here. Yeah, I know. Thank you for the warm welcome. It's coffee, actually, but oh. yeah, privileged to be on discussing the uh, England lineup today. I'd just like uh, before we start the main topic of the podcast, uh, a quick word on the uh, the latest England Test match. What chaos that was for two days. <laughs> Well, it was played on a patch of soil, wasn't it? It wasn't a test pitch, so, I mean, there's not much else to be said, I don't think. No, so we'll just uh, inform the uh, the listeners what we're talking about today. It's the, uh, Last week we had the announcement that there might be potential fans coming back to football in May, and then potential news that England may be the sole host of the European Championships in the summer. So we decided that if Gareth Southgate had to pick his squad as of today... What, who would be in that side? So, obviously, that includes can't be selecting injured players. You have to select it as if it was today. So, that's what we'll be doing. Um, be an interesting one, I'm sure. We'll start with the goalkeeping situation. For me, this is the most pointless argument or discussion you're going to have because there's a certain number one that won't get dropped. But um, let's start with UXZ, first time on the show. Um, who have you gone for in these positions? Uh, I think they it almost picks itself to be honest. Uh, like you say, there's an obvious name there in Jordan Pickford. Like he just will be in the squad and most likely will be the starter. Um, I think we probably all disagree with that, but we can get to that debate when the time comes. The other two names, obviously Dean Henderson, um, back at Man United now, playing occasionally in the Europa League and the and uh, the cup competitions as well. So uh, he's definitely definitely in the squad for me. And um, the last one, Nick Pope as well, he's had uh, a good year or so um, at Burnley. So, yeah, I think those those three goalkeepers kind of pick themselves. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Um, Greeny, Rob, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I personally think it's, you know, it's probably the most, uh, I don't know what you say, like insignificant part of the team sheet in terms of the three you'd take. Uh, I think there's obviously debate about who you'd pick in the starting eleven between Henderson and Pickford. I think that's been a debate that's been raging on um, since the the Euros was cancelled last time. Um, and yeah, who who the other, who who could the other name possibly be? Like Ramsdale or someone like that. And obviously he's had a, of a poor season. So I think the three, like you say, picks itself. Greeny, are you on mute? Greeny, you're on mute. Yeah, it's definitely most straightforward with the selection pick, so I agree with that 100%. What about um, people, you know, you're saying other other names who've got a potential, I think he's had a good season despite where his team are, Sam Johnston, mm. and you've got um, um, Carl Darlow as well at Newcastle, who's had quite a good season as well. I think I think they could have a shout, but... Oh, it's not a bad shout. I'm talking about squad roles there, I think they're number one. Yeah. Pretty strong. So what we'll do as well is whilst we're going along, we'll agree on, um, we'll go, we're going to pick a side as well whilst we're going along. Um, starting eleven in a four-three-three system, so are we all happy with Jordan Pickford going in with the number one shirt. Are we happy with that? Shall we say? Well, no. if, if you're in that position of Southgate, who are we picking? Well, well, well it's like 
if you if we're picking the, what we think it will be, then yes, it's Pickford. But if we're picking what we think is best, I'd go Dean Henderson. Sorry, Rob, I cut you off there, but yeah, that's that's where I'd be in that discussion. I'd go Dean Henderson. That's my vote. Yeah, I actually agree with that. I think um, you know, there's a lot of you know, Pickford's had his had his criticism without a doubt. I do just think as well, um, you know, picking players when they've been criticised is something that you know, the media will, you know, if he ends up making a big mistake in the first game of the Euros and the media's going to be on him uh, more so than I think he would, in, you know, if Henderson made that kind of mistake. Uh, and I just think minimising the, the amount of media criticism early on in a tournament is very important because often it could be the downfall of an England team, um, you know, and back home, the hearing all, you know, all to be fair, it would be taking place in England. So they, there's not going to be any, they're not going to be able to hide. Um, so I think picking Henderson might actually be a way of minimising, you know, criticism on the England team. If that makes sense, does anyone agree with that? Yeah, hundred percent. I think Nick Pope's ahead of Dean Henderson in terms of uh, potential of starting, um, purely based on the fact he's always playing. I think he's always starting for Burnley. No one's going to replace him. And whereas Dean Henderson, you know, he's playing Europa League and Cup games. It's it, it's not consistent enough, I think, for an England manager to pick. Jordan, uh, Jordan Henderson, Dean Henderson um, in his starting at sort of 11. So I could see it being Pickford first and Pope being the backup and Henderson being third choice. But obviously, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, right back. I think this one will be the most divisive because of... Um, I just don't think Gareth Southgate fancies Trent Alexander-Arnold as his right back or wing back, however he's going to play it. So, um, Greeny, you haven't had much to say yet. Who have you gone for? I think Trent deserves a starting spot, really. Um, I mean, there's some good names. I think fullback positions are pretty competitive at the moment, but I think we've got to remember that Trent's still pretty young. Like, he's had a couple of great seasons at Liverpool playing a great team, but he's still pretty young. And I think he's probably England's right back for the future for the next five, eight years, whatever it may be. So I think he needs to be in there, but I think you've got to build the team to allow him to, to flourish, which. I, I think he struggled with this season a little bit. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm picking Trent at right back, but um, I think Trippier would be a safe backup option for me. Um, I think he's proven that he's a good player for England and and he's definitely the the more solid choice. I don't think picking a Reese James or someone like that is, is, a, is a good backup option because he's, he's in a similar mould. So that- I think Trippier is my backup. He's currently serving a ban, though, so you wouldn't be able to pick Kieran Trippier. <laughs> Good does, his ban not, does his ban extend to the Euros? No, but we're saying if you have to pick it right now, that's that's the difficult task. Who are you taking as your second right-back? Well, I've also got Walker in my squad, so I'm, I'm maybe including him as a backup right-back, so right. I'll say Carl Walker. Eggs, you pulled a face when he mentioned Kieran Trippier, so uh, you want to weigh in here. Uh, yeah, Trippier, I think it's just time to move on from Trippier, to be honest with you. like I, I don't see what he's been doing to warrant a place. I, he plays in La Liga now at Atleti- Atletico, but I don't know. Like I just haven't seen enough of him to form that judgment. And I think the right-back positions are so strong. Like I, If you're going to take a backup, you take a backup who can, you know, learn in that squad. He's a young player. He's got potential moving forward to be, um, you know, direct competition for Trent. So I'd go Reese James, hands down. Um, I also do have Kyle Walker in my squad because I think he's probably versatile enough to drop into a back 
five and play the right centre-back if Southgate wanted to do that. But my personal preference would be Trent. I just think that's a no-brainer. I've seen some people say he's overrated or whatever because a slightly disappointing season this season or he's not been where he's been at for the past two years. But I think that's um, almost a compliment in many ways because that shows the standard that he set when they won the Champions League and when they won the league as well. So for me, it's Trent, no-brainer. Uh, but Reese James would be the backup with Kyle Walker in the squad as well, um, sort of as a versatile defender. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at with it. I think we have ridiculous options at right-back for the future as well. You've got Trent, you've got James, you've got Max Ahrens, you've got Aaron Wambisaka, you've got Matty Cash, and they've got Tariq Lamptey as well. And they're just six options. I, I know there's more, if you think, deep, uh, James Justin at Leicester as well. Um, so, I mean, it, I wouldn't mind any of those going. Um, Trippier, I agree, it's time to move on. Uh, we, show, we saw the other night that Atletico clearly aren't playing in a league that's that higher standard because Chelsea really played them off the park and Chelsea fifth at the moment. And, you know, Atletico first in, in La Liga. Um, Rob, where, where, where have you gone with this? Are we all picking two, by the way, two right-backs? No one's gone with like three for no reason. Other than Kyle Walker, if you, he's in my squad, 23-man squad, but yeah. almost as a backup. Yeah, I think like Eggsy said, Walker, you can you can fit in. Eggsy Green said you can fit him in anywhere, really, can't you? He's, I think, you know, Alexander-Arnold is definitely on my team sheet, but I don't know if it's as like clear-cut as it, as it is because, you know, the season that Man City have had, um, you know, if you, you know, that again, Man City are looking like the team that we were talking about being the greatest ever in Premier League history again this season. And it, you know, it could be hard come June to overlook Kyle Walker in terms of the fact that he's playing in a team that might win the Premier League by twenty points again. I don't think um, Walker's in Man City's best team. Do you reckon? At the moment, it's well, he hasn't really been playing that frequently, has he? They've well, had. No, I did look. He's only had 17 appearances this season. So he's not. He's not played in every game. Mm. Um, but you know, I, I have. I have. But I think Walker as well. There is that experience that you might. Uh, to be fair, can you? I don't know. You, you could sell Alexander Arnold's experience as a Champions League winner, been in two finals, that kind of thing. Um, would yeah, we have Sorry to cut you off. Sorry, Rob. Having this debate, if Kyle Walker didn't have the pace he had, is he in purely because of his? His strength, which is his pace and his recovery, you know, his recovery pace to sort I just, out. When you, I just think when you see Walker, though, he, he has had criticism in the past, but I just think he looks so sure. And I, I just think he's such a safe pair of hands, Walker, that you might want in that, you know, the 80th minute of a, of a 1 0 up against Croatia in the, in the group stage, that kind of thing. Or he just looks like that kind of player. I just really kind of rate Walker in that sense. Um, but what does that, I don't know. What does everyone else think? I think I think what I miss about Kyle Walker a bit is when he first played at, at Tottenham and when he first came to City, he used to be that right back that would make runs round the other fullback. He'd sprint forward and he had that pace to attack with. But he's been changed by Guardiola to to play in that almost right centre mid uh, right centre midfield role and took in, which has, has made him a better player on the ball. And yeah, he's got good recovery pace, but. I kind of wonder if Southgate could get something else out of him and play him in that almost trend fashion of being the overlapping fullback that he used to be. I know the game's changed a little bit, but I'd, I'd quite like to see Kyle Walker revert back to that kind of style of play that he actually was really well known for when he was at Tottenham. Yeah, I think that's a fair point, Green. What we'll do now is we'll move on to, I think, what is the most troublesome 
position we've got at the moment to pick from in terms of quality. Um, there's a lot of options, but I don't think really there's one that stands out for me at the moment. But other than that, um, at centre-back, um, Rob, we'll start with you going. What, what, what do you think there? Well, in my opinion, I think the first name on everyone's team sheet is Harry Maguire over than Harry Kane. I generally think that. I think that, you know, <laughs> I can see Exy's face. <laughs> I honestly think, I honestly think, I was just going through like the pool of, the pool of centre-halves. Um, and I honestly think the first name on everyone's team sheet, if you, if you, if you did a poll of football fans across the country, I'd, I'd say, other than Harry Kane, the name on everyone's team sheet is going to be Harry Maguire. I think the, you know, the criticism he's had is, is justified in some places. But I'd, 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 I have to say, I also fully agree with Harry, that with Graham, that um, it is a very troublesome position for England. You know, when you look at our forwards, uh, we'll get on to that, obviously. When you look at our forwards, um, they are some of, the, some of the biggest superstars in world football. We don't have that kind of Rio Ferdinand, John Terry figure, and we haven't done for the past 10 years, really. But I, I honestly think that Maguire will be the first name on many people's team sheets that come 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 the Euros. Discuss. <laughs> right now, he's not the first name on my team sheet. So. <laughs> not going in my team. Not going in my team. Um, no, he is actually going in my team, purely because I agree with both of you that it is our most troublesome, weakest position. Um, but so he, he does feature mainly because I'm, I'm struggling for alternatives. Um, the first name at that centre-back position that I'm picking is John Stones. I think everyone would agree with that, actually, in direct response to Rob, that he'd be the first name, particularly in the back four, that you'd pick, given the season that he's had and sort of the standard that he's playing at at the minute. Um, don't get me wrong, he's in a very good Man City team with uh, Ruben Diaz next to him. So like, his standard is automatically elevated because of where he... Uh, where he's playing and um, the people he's got around him and the coach that he's got, obviously. But that's what we've got to judge it off, like how they're playing at club football. And right now, Stones is just phenomenal. So he's definitely the centre-back for me. On Maguire, just quickly, um, like I say, I'm struggling for alternatives. The other name I've got is Michael Keane. Like, clutch that out of nowhere because I was really struggling for centre-back names. I think he's had a decent season at Everton. Uh, he's a threat from corners as well, but so is Harry Maguire. So Maguire edges it there for me. Um, I am worried about Maguire in a big game and things like that. Only a couple of weeks ago, Everton, Graham, we were talking about where he was for that, that ball into the box where Calvert-Lewin's got the last-minute equaliser. And it just seems like he can be all over the place sometimes and he can't get his position sorted. And um, he, he looks a bit lost and he needs a bit of guidance and... I honestly think Stones would be the guy to provide that, given that he's had such a good season. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with it. Um, Stones and Maguire, reluctantly picking Maguire, and I don't think he'd be the first name on, on a lot of people's team, team sheets um, come June. You can go, Greeny, because I've got a lot to say on, our, on uh, Mr Maguire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's in my squad, um, but... My two starting centre backs are Stones and Michael Keane. I think Stones has had a, like a fantastic season. I think he's always shown that he was going to be a good player. Um, and, and Michael Keane's had a solid season. He's always been a solid centre back. I would say he's not outstanding, but he's he's reliable. And quite frankly, I think the other options are a bit dire. Like, I mean, I, I, yeah, I didn't mean to use that as a pun, but the other options are, are dire. And written um, <laughs> down. Yeah, check that one off my list to uh, to say on this. Um, 
But no, like Maguire is just I think he's just error prone. He's 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 not had a good season. I I've not seen him have too many good games for England. I think the alternatives are people like Tyrone Mings, who again I, I just don't rate as a centre back. I think you watch him play and he drops off attackers, he doesn't make any blocks, he's just he's loose on the ball. I just think Stones is is our starting centre back and I think Keane would be a reliable partner for him. But um yeah, Graham, you, you obviously have a lot to say, so let's uh, let's hear your thoughts. It's not a, it's not necessarily about Maguire because well it is, but like Maguire's my biggest worry about Harry Maguire is his, his serious lack of pace. It's it's frightening how how much uh, watching Man United we have to accommodate our team to play around Harry Maguire and, and, and Victor Lindelof. And my one worry with John Stones, John Stones starts, but John Stones doesn't have pace like like a good pace that could could cover Harry Maguire's lack of it. So you, you, I think you pick one of Stones or Maguire. So therefore, Stone gets Stones does get ahead of Harry Maguire. Um, the one thing Maguire does have is his ability to win aerial. His aerial ability is is really good, and and if you watch him from corners, he will have, I guarantee, the highest percentage of headers won in both boxes. But his ability to score them is disgraceful. He must have had about nineteen, twenty headers this season in the box, and he puts every single one of them wide. He scored one against Sheffield United, and 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 I nearly like honestly had a heart attack. I was like, what's going on? He's actually scored a you know. But I, I've gone for for a very, very out of nowhere pick, and it, and it, it's it's Tyrone Mings's partner Edry Conza. I think John Stones and Edry Conza would be a really good partnership. Stones has that ball playing ability, and St- and, and Conza is a really physical centre back. I've watched him quite a lot, um, and I think he gets the nod ahead of Michael Keane for me. So I'd go Stones and Edry Conza. Conza. Uh, yeah, sorry, real quick. I'd, I'd never even cross my mind to pick him, if I'm honest. Uh, I couldn't really comment on it. Yeah. Uh, the name that's just sprung to mind that I just want to throw out there is Connor Cody. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Would anyone go for him? I, I think I mean, it, if we pick him, he, could, he goes in a back five. And um, obviously, I feel like we'll be playing a back five, so I think he will go. Um, he's a good centre back, but um, I, just, I just want to stay away from the back five. I think he's a good player, but his lack of experience in a back four. But I wouldn't be against him going. I, I, you know, as I say, we I think we've got a lot of bang average centre backs. I've got a list here: Michael Keane, um, Tarkovsky, Mings, and then two from Everton in Ben Godfrey and Mason Holgate. I think they're good players, but they're not outstanding. So we've got a lot of. People. How many have you gone for? How many centre backs are we picking in our squads? Gone for four? Oh, three, and, and Walker is my right back slash centre back. Then, Rob? I think, like, just a, just a quick point out of that. For me, like, a big problem is if you look at the friendlies we play, we play just before Christmas, hmm. you know, we keep, I don't, Southgate doesn't, I don't think Southgate knows what he's, what defense, you know, what defence like, but it's changed almost every game. So like you look at the game we played against Wales and you know the back the back the back three of the back five was Gomez, Cody, Keane. You look at the game we played Belgium where we won two one. It changed again. It changed again. You know, there's four, I think there's four or five games in a row where the back three, the, the, the three centre backs, as it were, were just different. Mm. And I, I don't know how you can you think of all the notorious centre back partnerships in the Premier League over the years and 
uh, play for England and things like that. Yeah, I think the centre backs are sort of the sort of thing you can't really chop and change that much. I think it has to be the two rocks at the back, you know. And I don't think, I, I think you know, I think our strengths lie elsewhere, and I think we can accommodate a team around that. But maybe like, maybe we are such a defensive team because of the weaknesses at the back. Maybe the criticism that Southgate gets for being so negative is because we're just so weak at the back. What do people think of that? Well, I think if he was fit, there wouldn't be a debate here. It'd be Joe Gomez and John Stones, I think, and it's unfortunate that I don't think he would be back for the Euros. But obviously, we're going on if we had to pick it today. Um, I'm not sure if Gomez will be fit by the start of the Euros because I think Go- Gomez and Stones would then allow our centre our fullbacks to really bomb on, and, and I think that would be a good partnership. You know, like. But um, do you ever think the point that that Stones and Gomez are both both usually play on the right side of the, the defence? Do you need someone who feels a bit more comfortable playing on the left side, like Maguire does or Mings does? I think Stones could play there fine. So it's a fair point. Um, I, 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 are, we, are we going? I didn't ask, actually. So is Trent asked just for our team? Trent's the right back. Stones, right centre-back. Is it going to be Maguire as the left centre-back? I think it has to be, in my opinion. Like, I'm nervous, but he he starts. So I think that will be an interesting discussion. Who have people gone for at left back? Chilwell. <laughs> Roll the eyes. He's Chilwell's in my squad. Um, um, it, it's, it's a bit form related because he's he's obviously not been playing that well and he's in and out of the team and I think he's a good player but and we uh, we have to build the right team to do this but I've got I've got Saka as my my left back which means we've got two extremely attacking fullbacks but I think if you build the team in the right way you can accommodate for those two pushing forward and and have some cover and I think. I think we just have to go the complete opposite way to what we did uh, last time and, and just go all out attack. So I've got Saka at left back and Chilwell as my back. When you say accommodate the team to allow that, what do you mean? Do you mean a back five or do you mean like a more defensive midfield? Or how, You, you either play a back five, which I, I'm against because I don't particularly like a back five, or you have to pick someone like Henderson who will just drop into that right-back role or left-back role when they bomb forward, which he's very good at and used to doing at Liverpool. So, yeah, I mean, you could pick a back five, but um, I don't particularly enjoy it. I think it would limit our attacking options. So I think Henderson does that kind of sweeping and covering role pretty well. But, yeah, it depends, really. It's pretty attacking, but I think Saka's had such a good season. He shows so much promise that... I think it's difficult to to not include him as probably the best left back in, in England right now. Well, he's not playing there, so how can you argue that? Yeah, well, he plays left back or left mid for Arsenal, depending on how many injuries they have. Plays and left wing quite a lot. We've got we've got too many wingers to to put Saka starting as a winger, to be honest. So I, I quite like him at left back. Um, I'm completely with Greeny on this. I think that's the way forward. I think you start. Attacking fullbacks, and you go all out, and you you have. I mean, we'll get to the field, but Jordan Henderson does that job for me of dropping into a back three when a fullback's forward or both fullbacks are forward or something like that. Um, I think that's the best way to do it, and it's not a case of trying to shoehorn him into the squad or the team because I think he's good enough to do it. Um, I just think, like Greeny, 
almost like attack is the best form of defence here. I'm sick of seeing like the negativity around England and things like that and only scoring from set pieces or whatever. Like I think it's time to do a bit of a, a U-turn on that and move away from that. And picking our best attacking fullbacks is probably the best way to do that. Um, so, yeah, I, I've gone for him starting as well. The others I have in the squad, uh, let me just double check. Uh, I do have Chilwell in the squad as well. Uh, and I've gone for Luke Shaw as well as cover. Three left-backs. Is because, yeah, I know there's three left-backs there. Uh, Saka's actually in my forwards, but as like if you want to break down the squad like that. Um, and that's because like potentially if you did want to go Luke Shaw or Chilwell and you can use Saka as a sub, I'm also happy with that because I do think Shaw's had a very good season and Chilwell is a solid uh, choice at left-back as well. So I just think the options that it gives you there um, aren't as restricting as it seems like by picking three left-backs because Saka can double up as a starting left-back, which he would in my case, in my first preference, but also be a, an impact sub uh, if we need something. I think he's one of our most creative players or could be one of our most creative players in an England shirt. So, Rob, are you just, have you got anyone else as well to chill well? Or? Yeah, well, it was, I don't know, it was, it was difficult between him and Luke Shaw, really, um, but... I just thought Chilwell, you know, Southgate's. If I'm going down the kind of Southgate route, I think he's 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 you know he's been played a fair bit for his age, international level. He's obviously people see something in him. I do sometimes, you know, it actually does look. I personally think it looks very good on the ball as well. I think that was one of Lampard's kind of things when when he played Chilwell. I did like the way Chilwell used to look on the ball and that kind of thing. I don't think Tuchel's really favoured him that much, show, has it? Marcus Alonso has been playing. Mm. So you know, maybe. When the time comes, you can't really put someone into the international team when they've not played for you know twenty games, as the case may be. Mm. Um, I'm going to say something controversial. If James Justin was fit, Chilwell doesn't even make my squad. <laughs> he just hasn't been playing enough for me, um, especially recently, and, and I just don't see this hype around Ben Chilwell. Um, I think it's uh, say if I'm wrong, but I think it's the fact that he's a young English left back, and we've loved the hype around him being a young English left back. And it was part of that squad that won the Premier League with Leicester. I just, I just don't. He's in my squad because James Justin's injured. I've got him as my backup left back, um, and I do like Saka. I would like him to start, but I just think we're not going to play a way that Saka can play at left back. He'll, he will be required to do too much defensively, especially if Maguire's playing. Um, so I would like if Saka does play, I'd like to see him in the attacking role because that's what he does so well for Arsenal. Um, and you'll probably say. Um, I'm biased because Man United fan picking Shaw, but I think his reputation of being like, you know, podgy, bit fat, like does fall before him, and he doesn't really still get that um, that rep, um, that sort of respect he deserves. So, are we going with Saka as then as, as our left back? Are we? Uh... For me, yeah. That's my vote. Unless you two can, uh... <laughs> I think I'm going to get out. I'm worried on this one, really. So, I mean, you know, it's not it's not a position I'm particularly passionate about in this thing. It's not something <laughs> I'm going to put my foot down on, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I picked Shaw, but we've gone two for one with the Greeny and um, Eggsy, so we'll put Saka in. And now I think this is the one that's going to cause all the debate, is the midfield, the, the makeup of the midfield. Um, obviously, we had this discussion, when was it, a couple of weeks ago, um, quite passionately, actually, Um Exe, go, go on. Um, in a four-three-three, you've got to have someone at the bottom of the the sort of the sort of holding yeah. fielder. Who, who have you gone for in there? 
I've gone for Henderson. Um, I think that's a bit of a no-brainer. I, I don't know if there's a, anyone that really can get close to Henderson in terms of what he could do in that England squad. Um, the other options that are, I have included in the squad are Declan Rice, someone throughout Jude Bellingham as well. I was like, mm, I'm not sure on him. I don't know if he's got enough experience. Uh, one for the future. But yeah, Henderson starting in that sort of pivot role, whatever you want to call it, the defensive one of the midfield three um, in the centre, just for um, you know the balance of the team. Like I said, if we're going Saka at left back, I like the fact that he can drop in. He can let the fullbacks get forward. Uh, he's good on the ball, and you know, I'm only going one sort of defensive midfield player. That's that's where my sort of big argument lies with this. I don't want us to be too defensive, too passive, and pass the ball sideways all the time. And I know if you put in Henderson and Rice, which uh, I think some people in this uh, call would favour. Uh, <laughs> and you're getting far too defensive. You're sucking the life out of a very exciting England team. And that's what I want to avoid. So for me, it's Henderson there, uh, Mason Mount on the right-hand side and Phil Foden on the left, or those two players uh, ahead of Henderson in the midfield three. Still a quick update, sorry, from the King Power. Leicester inside seventh minute, uh, 1-0 up against Arsenal. I just thought I'd do a, a live update there. So who wants to go next on this? I think for me, like Henderson, you know, he again is could be one of the, you know, the name of the team sheet that just has to be there. I honestly think, you know, Henderson is just an absolute like workhorse. He's so fit. You see him running around, he covers every blade of grass. He, he's just such a fit like man. Do you know what I mean? And like he, I honestly think he's one of the best players in the Premier League of the past decade. I don't, you know, it took him five years to be established for people to actually give him the credit he deserves. I think it's just because, you know, it's just John Henderson, he used to play for Sunderland and that kind of thing. He he has just been so important for Liverpool's, you know, Liverpool's success. Um, And he, for me, is definitely one of the best Premier League players of the last decade for what he's achieved at Liverpool. Um, so he has to just go in that team. He, he, for me, his quality cannot be understated. Really, um, he's the sort of player that teams could pay eighty million for for Henderson in his prime, for that kind of energy, that kind of work rate, the what he offers to a team. I, I honestly think Henderson is a, a player that his stats get the credit he deserves now, rightfully so. But I think it's just maybe because of his CV prior to Liverpool. Um, people, you know, didn't get the credit you deserve for quite a while. Um, and I've also, for me, I've gone for um, I've gone for Grealish and Foden as as the other two in the midfield. You know, you might I don't think there's a shortage of kind of attacking midfielders um, in that role. So you've got Mount and Grealish, Foden and um, Madison. Who's the other one? Yeah. Um, so you know, Madison. Yeah, I don't think there's a shortage of players in that. And I was thinking, can you fit Grealish and Foden to the same team? And you might have to play them both kind of in the middle. Um, but I think I, I think if you're going to be attacking, like Exeter said, you have to, why not? Why not put the best players out there? Why not? I think Foden's having an absolutely exceptional season. I think me and Exeter have had a debate about Grealish before where we both maybe were sceptical about him. But I, I've changed my mind on Grealish a little bit. I do think he could be the man who could just give that spark in the game and the way he played against Belgium as well he was England's bright spark draw to defenders doesn't he naturally defenders draw to Jack Grealish because you Absolutely. know what he can do yeah and I just think on the world stage he's just made for a tournament he's like a superstar in the making really he's, he's got that glamour 
you know, he's, 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 he's got off the pitch, he could be the new kind of David Beckham, really. He's a good looking lad, like, he's, he's got. <laughs> He's got a lot of controversy around him. I just think he's he's a superstar in the making. Really, he's just made for these big stages, in my opinion. He's not he's just not ridiculously young either, is he? Like it's not like he's twenty one. You know, he's twenty four, twenty five now. So he's like getting to a good age where he can. Really... Oh yeah, he's ready now. I think he's he he, he you know he wants to stay at Villa because he's a Villa fan. He's a Birmingham lad and all that. But you know, he, when he when he peaks at twenty eight, twenty nine, whatever, he could be a superstar, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. On Greeny, um, I, I was always quite a strong critic of John Henderson because he used to be this player that would just pass the ball ways and just didn't really offer a whole lot. But I think I, I definitely see the value in him now, and I think he starts. He's one of the like Rob said, he's one of the first names on the team sheet, um, and I think you need him if you're having such attacking fullbacks. I think, I think for me with the fullbacks that I've picked, that I think Mount needs to kind of start because of his work rate. He presses really well. I think a big thing for us in this tournament is going to be that we press high and win the ball back and score goals quickly. I think if we just sit back and try and defend, we're going to get picked apart. So I want Mount in there to press and also to be able to cover the fullback positions if people go forward. Um, and then it's and then I think Phil Foden has to start. I think I, I don't know how you could not have Foden starting if we're picking the team right now on form. I understand Grealish and Madison are, are playing really well and both great players, and you could maybe have one of them as your your wingers, like Grealish starting on the left or even Foden on the right or whatever. But I think Foden's just playing so well at the moment that he's just an automatic star. Um, I've got Rice in my squad, even though I'm not a massive fan, but he can cover centre-back and, and whatnot. I've got Harry Winks in my squad as well, because I think... I'm just my, my and my reason for that is is let's say Henderson goes down injured or or whatever who's playing that holding role that can almost do it in a similar fashion. I'm not having Dyer or Rice sit in a holding midfield. They're, they're centre backs trying to play in midfield, and 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 for me that's just unacceptable. So mm-hmm. Winks can cover the Henderson role probably better than anyone else, and he can play a pass. So he's there as as cover if Henderson goes down for whatever reason. Go on, Graham. Don't hold back. Thinking with Jordan Henderson, right? He starts for me, but his best position is not holding midfield. He's not good enough on the ball to be an out-and-out England's holding midfielder. And I'll tell you one example was Croatia in the semi-final. He was absolutely shocking because he hasn't, he hasn't got on the ball. He's not calm enough for me to hold. He, he's, his best position, I'm telling you, is right of a midfield three. And, and Rob's touched on it. You've all touched on it in his energy. Who would you pick if if you had to pick one out of Mason Mount and Jordan Henderson to be the midfield presser for ninety minutes? Yes, Mount's got the sort of energy to do it, but you'd pick Jordan Henderson, and you you, you would. And Jordan Henderson's best position, I guarantee you, ask any Liverpool fan, is most effective when he's playing the right of a midfield three, and and then you've got one. Hence, they brought in Fabinho to sit in behind him, the physical presence to allow Henderson to do the dog work that the fullbacks. Um, you know, you're allowing your fullbacks to bomb on. Henderson can drop in left and right, and then you got Rice as well. I I pick Rice. He, he's he he's it's fashionable to hate Rice. It it really is. And but if you watch him, he's a good player. Um, and I'd have Henderson on the right of the midfield three, and then I'd have Foden or Grealish in the other role because you can allow them just to do their work. Um, I I I just I just 
my thing with John Henderson is he's not a holding midfielder and I think you're taking away some of his strong attributes if you're giving him the role as the one holding midfielder. That that's where my issue comes. But I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't I wouldn't be against him like you know if if that was the make makeup of the midfield three that you three have said. But I just don't think that's his strongest position. Before before Exit comes in, sorry mate, can I just say like with Henderson, though, you know that, there was that compilation going around of him in the World Cup semi where he was kind of look, I, when he was lumping the ball forward, he lost the ball a lot, he was trying to pass the ball, you know, he just played the 40 yard pass every time he got the ball, that kind of thing. For me, that must be some tactical thing that Southgate got wrong. You know, for a player like every time Henderson got the ball, he was trying to find Kane, he was trying to lump his 60 yards. That must be some kind of tactical thing that Southgate just got wrong that day. You know, a player of Henderson's quality isn't just going to be lumping the ball up. There must be something, can we, you know, Southgate might have said something, can we somehow take Modric out of the game? Can we somehow take the midfield out of the game by just bypassing and going straight up? Mm. up? And I think Henderson was unfairly criticised for that. I think that was something that Southgate must have tactically got wrong. Mm. Um, so, Just whilst you but, brought him in, do, do we think Southgate is the man to use all these attacking talents we've got? Do, do we believe he will you know, use them that we've got. You know, he's still playing a back five and then he plays Rice and Phillips. You know, that seems to be... No, I think he's going to stick to your defensive and boring mindset, Graham. of let's play two of the most boring players in central midfield. We'll probably have Trippier at right back, probably have Shaw or Chilwell at left back and we'll be playing a back six, probably. And then he'll be like, well, let's just hope that Kane or Sterling or Rashford create something up top and if we score a goal and don't concede, then that's the best scenario, which I just think is ridiculous given that you've got Madison and Grealish and Foden and Mounts, like four of some of the best attacking talent in the Premier League, and you're going that only one of them has a chance of, of playing, so I think I, you're just obviously being your typical dramatic greenie but, you know, you've got to have balance, like in my team, you've got attacking fullbacks in Trent and Shaw, you've got Grealish, Sterling, Kane and Rashford, or even swap out Foden, like how many do you want? Like, I understand that it'd be it's nice to say that, but in a real, if if you don't have a platform to give them the ball, what's the point in having them on the pitch? It's like it's like man, I, I keep using Man United. Our platform for our attackers is woeful. We've got Greenwood, Rashford, Martial, Cavani, Bruno Fernandez, Pogba. But the way we set up, because we've got to, it, it, we don't have a base to be able to attack. You've got to have a strong base that England need to use our attacking players, and that's why I'd have. That's why I'd, Henderson would be able to provide that. I don't think Declan Rice is any better on the ball than Jordan Henderson, to be honest with you. Like, I think you're overrating his ability as a um, as a defensive midfield player who can play forward passes and, and things like that. I don't think he is that type of player at all. Mm. Um, reminds me very much of Eric Dyer when we were raving about him in 2016, saying, oh, he's the future, he's had a great season at Tottenham. Like, He can play centre-back, he can play defensive midfield. It, I just get... Dyer, uh, Eric Dyer vibes from Declan Rice it's not that I don't think Declan Rice is a decent footballer he is but I don't think he's the answer to you know unlocking the attack and sort of giving the balance I, d- I don't see how that um, sort of yeah I, don't, I, I, just, I don't see what he brings that all of a sudden got a balance and the attack can do what they want now because we've got a guy playing forward passes, I, I don't see him being that guy. So it's just, it's, it, For me, it's not necessarily playing Rice, it's playing Henderson in his correct position. That's why I'm moving him. You can put anyone in the holding... I'm not, I'm not anyone, but the reason I've moved Henderson is more for him, not necessarily for, to accommodate someone else. I'm worried where Rod's gone. Uh, maybe he might be talking to someone, so that's probably... Um, but, OK, Quick. so the map, map majority have said Henderson. 
let, let's not sit on the fence here. Who, who's going in those other two positions? Then we've got Henderson holding midfield. You've got Grealish, Mount, Mount, Grealish, Mount, and Foden. I think we've got to pick two of those three. What are we going for? Mount and who else? If you um, say you want Mount for the energy, I'm going Mount and and then for me it's probably a toss up between Grealish and Madison because I I've maybe put Foden on the right purely because I'm not sure who else at the moment is going on the right that's playing well. Sancho doesn't seem like he's having a great season. I think Sterling and Rashford both are better on the left. I don't I don't see them have good games when they play on the right. Or alternatively, you put Grealish on the left, which I know he sometimes plays at Villa, but then you're taking away the best positions for Sterling and Rashford. So I'd go I'd go Mount and and Madison just because I like Madison. And then probably play Foden on the right, but I'm, I'm I'm trying to squeeze a lot of attacking players into a team there that might be a bit difficult. So Madison doesn't make my team, my squad. Unfortunately, he he was the one to miss out. Doesn't make the squad. No, he's he's the most creative player that Leicester have got, and they are currently second in the Premier League. Well, like today in the winning, he's, he's, he's had a goal and an assist to his game. What more does he have to do to get into yeah, the? I'm not, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. I'm just, I'm just out of the options I've got. He unfortunately has missed out. You know, who, who else is your squad? I'm going for one that's really controversial, and I know straight away you're going to be like, "Oh, what are you picked him for? Boring, oh, Brexit, but football." I've gone, and you can't ever rule out the importance of a good set piece taker, and it's James Ward-Prowse. He is going to the Euros, and I guarantee he gets picked. Graham, but right, I'll, I'll accept that answer if you tell me that you're playing five at the back with all five centre backs and Dyer and starts, and, it and says, then just put everything in the box. Starts. What, what, what's he there for then to bring on when we've got a corner? Yeah, because <laughs> like... playing Maguire, we've got to whip in those balls. No, sorry, I, I don't agree with that. I, I well, don't I think. Guarantee you, I guarantee he goes. I, yeah, but I'm picking the team. I'm picking the squad that I think should go uh, that I want to go. Should I say I don't? I'm not picking what I think Southgate's going to pick. Southgate's going to pick what he wants to pick. You know what's the point of me doing that? I'm picking the team. That I, I haven't even picked Ward Prowse over Madison. Madison's been missed out for someone else, but we'll get on to that. Who Madison's missing out for for me? Right, is a player who's had a really good month or two. A uh, bit of a resurgence. Yep. Uh, I'm <laughs> but Jesse Lingard is going to the Euros. Jesse Lingard will go to the Euros. Southgate has picked him before. He's played in the 2018 World Cup. He then obviously had a few sort of personal issues as well um, that he struggled with and spoken about openly. Uh, and then dropped out a Man United team that, you know, for Bruno Fernandes, who is, let's face it, one of the best players in the Premier League. He's not Bruno Fernandes, so he's not going to compete with him at Man United. So he's gone to West Ham. And all of a sudden, you're seeing some of the best football from Jesse Lingard that we've seen in his career. Um, I understand the argument. out and out number 10? Lingard? Yeah. Uh, like I say, he doesn't start for me, so I'm not shoehorning him in and changing the formation uh, to squeeze him in at 10. I think he, that is his best position, but I think he could do a job. Uh, in a midfield three as well, or as a sub, if we if we need to chuck on a player that's going to create something, uh, I just think he's a good option to have. Remember can, 20- I, can I raise a second point about that? Because I I, I I don't like the selection of Lingard for two reasons. One is I just don't rate him as a player, but that's that's just a separate debate. You can disagree or agree on that. My my main annoyance with the selection of Lingard, if it happens, is that we have a history of an England team of 
picking players that have a good month and all of a sudden just burst onto the scene. Like somebody has a good month in the Premier League and all of a sudden all the news and reports are, oh, should he make the England squad? Should he make the England team? And yet I've never even heard of this player sometimes or he's only just started playing and he's had a good month and then he gets picked for England and and then you don't see him again because it's turned out he's just had a good month and he's in good form. And I think if Jesse shows for the next three or four months that he can continue consistently perform on that level, then I'll be open to the argument. But I think, and I know we're picking the squad as it is now, but I just don't, he's, he's had one good month. Like, why does that warrant your selection? Whereas Madison's had several very strong years at Leicester, guiding them to a title and top four consistently. Like, what, why does he not get in the squad for being consistent? Madison was at Norwich when Leicester won the league. Yeah, but look at where they've been for the past three or four years. And oh, yeah, I don't think they've been diagnosed for me, but I'll just to let you know, Rob's gone for a... You know, oh, right. have to get a package. Yeah, I just... I, just sorry. I'm back. <laughs> just have to go down the stairs. <laughs> That's all right. Sorry. Um, you, you just, you've just joined at a good time. We're discussing um, the inclusion of a certain Jesse Lingard. Uh, uh, are we on to the forwards now? Uh, we're sort of still attacking midfield positions, like the squad, more squad than starting eleven. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's, I mean, he's made a massive impact at West Ham since he's, since he's gone there, hasn't he? Uh, but for me, I wouldn't be taking him in the squad personally. Why is that? Is there is it not not, not enough fight like, over a period of time? Yeah, I mean, like we say, there's you know so much competition for. For, the, for that, that position, you know, Grealish, Foden, Mount himself, Madison. They're all similar players, so I'm sorry, bro. Um, and I just think he doesn't fit in, you know. I'd rather have... He's probably fifth on my list, really, in that position. You've got to take three of them, really, can't you? So, that's what... So, who, who, who's, sorry, just quickly, who, we haven't, still haven't put that third midfield position in. Is it Mount, Grealish... Oh, sorry, is it Grealish, Foden, Madison? What are we going for? Well, who have you got? Henderson? Mount. Henderson, Mount. Oh, we've gone for Mount. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> these uh, really <laughs> outvoted it. So. All right. <laughs> who would you, who, what would your midfield three be, Rob? Just say what, what you've gone for and then we'll... Mine written down, Grealish, Henderson, Foden. And what about you two? Because we need that third slot in there. I've, I've gone Mount and I'll say Foden, but I'm, I'm happy with Grealish if, if that's the... I, I I had Henderson, Mount, and Foden. Foden's been mentioned by all three of you, so we'll put Foden in. Okay, so that's midfield um, attack. I think are we are we going like lots of wingers? Are we going more of our central attacking midfielders, more strikers? You know, we're quite blessed in this position, so it'll be interesting to see what we've gone for here. I'll st- I'll start with this one. My I've gone for six attackers. And then like the two strikers. So we'll leave strikers afterwards. Um, my six attackers are Sterling, Rashford, Sancho, Grealish I've got as an out-and-out attacker, Saka as well, and then I've gone for Harvey Barnes. Wait, sorry, sorry. I was looking, I was going on the notes to my phone to look at it. Can you repeat that? Sorry, that is Sterling, my I think Sterling, Rashford, Sancho, Grealish, Saka and Barnes. They're my, my six sort of like wingers. How can okay. you justify taking Barnes? <laughs> Harvey good. Barnes? Yeah. He's had, a, he's had a better season than, if we're taking Madison, he's had a better season than Madison. 
Has he? I mean, really? he's had one decent season and... Well, if if you're if you're um, using that argument, Greeny, then you've got to take Lingard because of the seasons he's had before. So that's a completely because I've never played Lingard as a player, though. I don't think he's ever been that decent. So that was just my choice. All right, bloody hell, picking Harvey Barnes. I don't know how it goes. Say again. I'm saying Harvey Barnes goes for me. What, what, what are our wing options? What, what's everyone else gone for? Okay. Sorry, Connector. Sorry. So I've got. Oh, no, sorry. He's in. He's in. He's in. Um, so I've gone six attackers. Um, Sterling, Rashford. Keep the strikers out just for now. Okay, sorry. Um, wing options then. Sterling, Rashford, Sancho. Um, and include Saka in, like, if you want to group them, but I know he's starting at left back for me. So he's like an option depending on what we what we do at left back. Um, obviously, we've put him in at left back in our team. So the only hang on, hang on, hang on. Just sorry, just just quickly. Sorry, Henderson's injured at the moment. So who's playing holding midfield for England? He's got oh. the out for six weeks. We've just gone. We've all we're gone for Henderson. Who's playing? Well. <laughs> huh? no, like, you've got to use a bit of. Oh no! Like, no! 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 We're picking the team right now. Who's playing holding midfield? Harry Winks. This is this is dumb. <laughs> like Henderson is starting. I know he is, but I'm just saying the whole debate is if you pick I right now. Basically, if he was injured for the Euros when it came around, I'd I'd have to go Rice. Uh, I, I would a bit of up for myself. I go Dyer. I mean Dyer. It's much of a muchness for me. I, I couldn't argue with that. I think Dyer is probably as good as Rice. To be honest, um, so yeah, I mean, if we're gonna go like, if we're gonna be a bit pedantic about it and say Henderson's not fit because he's not, he's injured now, which is fair because that's kind of the rules that we've been playing with. Yeah, I'd go Rice, um, but do you not need? Do you not just sorry, quickly. Do you not think you need that bit more physical presence when you got Mount and Foden, like just having Henderson as well? I think they get stuck into those two, though. I don't think. I, I, yeah, absolutely. But, but, I just think my problem with Rice or Dyer is that you talk about having a platform to give the attacking players some freedom, but I mean that I, in a defensive way. I've seen Dyer or Rice play a forward ball, like like but they don't need to. Well, who's who's passing the ball forwards then? So is the ball just going between the centre defensive mid and the two centre backs and the keeper, and then the forward? You have the ability to pass it around to Henderson or Grealish or Foden. You know, they're not. They don't have. You know. Anyway, we've done that. So sorry, um, Eggsy, you've gone Sterling, Rashford, Sancho, and Saka as your. Yeah, and then obviously Saka's starting a left back in this team. So uh, literally, I've got three wingers. That's for me. That's enough because we've got. You can Saka can duel up and move to wing if there's an injury, and I've got yeah. left backs to cover that. So yeah. Greeny. Uh, yeah, Sterling, Rashford, Sancho, and then you can include Grealish as one of those attacking wing options. Um, my my rogue shout in the squad is um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Um, just because of this variety of positions, like you might call him the one to watch for me, but I think he can play almost like Saka. He can play right back, he can play right mid, he can attack, he can play in centre mid, just in case of injuries or whatever. Yeah, he's a utility man, but he's bang average. Yeah. He's not good in one position. 
Anyone that anyone that can claims they can play four positions for me is just an average footballer. It's like when Arsenal brought in that uh, Brazilian centre back, and they were like, "Oh, he can play centre back, left back, right back." I can't remember his name. Gabriel, I think it was, but not the one that currently plays. Oh, listen, uh, that's the one. And everyone's like, "Yeah, he can play anywhere in the back four. He turned out to be bang average." Like anyone that's like, "Oh, yeah, he's a utility man. He can play anywhere." I'm sorry, like the chances are you're just not good enough to nail down a starting position, so you have to be moved around. That's my opinion on Maitland Niles. Um, I get that he could offer you options, but he's just not good enough. Rob, Go on, Rob. What are your options? Yeah, for me, to be fair, I think it's I've done exactly the same. Sterling, Rashford, uh, Sancho as the as the, uh, the three wingers, and again, you could probably fit like another one of the attacking players in, like Greedy said, like Grealish or something. If you're going to go down down that route, I think. Um, say again. No yeah, I just think like. For me, like I don't know if we're going to discuss kind of formations and what the what the essence of the team is going to be at the end, but I just think with Sterling, Rashford, and Sancho, you know, they're, they're just three of the literally the best three young, you know, quick attacking, counter attacking players in the whole world, and I think we'd be mad not to utilize that some way, you know, somehow fit the team round round, you know, these these like when when are we going to get? a Sterling and a Rashford and a Sancho again, all, all young and all coming through at the same time, all playing at world-class teams, all, you know, playing in the Champions League, Sterling being a part of the the greatest, one of the greatest ever Man City teams ever. I think we'd be mad not to, if we had like a Jurgen Klopp style manager, I know it's a lot to say, I know it's quite a lot to say something like that, but if we had a manager who was going to utilise these, we could have literally the most devastating attacking team in the world. Um, it's a devastating attack international team and I think you know where club football's gone now with teams like the way Man United are playing the way Man City are playing the way Liverpool and Dortmund are playing the way PSG are playing I don't really feel as an international side doing that kind of football and I don't I don't know why I think we could take a, a tournament by storm playing you know heavy metal football as Klopp, as Klopp called it um, and maybe as we touched on before maybe we you know, Southgate's keeping it tight because, you know, we don't have the centre-backs to, to, to do that. Um, but I still think we could just blitz teams apart if we, if we utilise, you know, our, our options out wide, really, and play, you know, that kind of attacking football. Yeah. I have one, my, I have one reservation. This comes from watching him for a couple of seasons now. Um, since Rashford's had his back injury, he, he, I think he broke uh, or snapped to something in his back or somewhere near his spine last season. He, he, he sounds ridiculous because his stats are really good. He, he's not the same player. He's, 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 he just for, for me, my worry about Rashford is he requires five or six really good chances to take one. And he starts for me, he does. Like he's the flair player that you mentioned before, Eggsy. Like he can produce a moment of magic like that out of nothing. And my just worry for me is if, if England are going to play a bit more reserved way and he starts and he gets that big chance, I don't back him to score it. He needs to take four or five big chances. He's not Kane. No one's really Harry Kane. But my one thing about Rashford is his ability, his conversion rate when it comes to big chances. He, he, he does miss quite a lot. Yeah, I, d- I think that's a, a legitimate like worry to have. But mm-hmm. I, you do have Harry Kane in the squads and yeah. you'd hope Gans finds it where he finds... Um, it's way to Harry Kane and not Rashford, and I think Rashford's almost in there to be sort of a direct threat running up players. He can be He's a man so quick. Across. So we can get to sort of who we start in a minute, but the reason yeah. Grealish is on the bench for me 
and I love Jack Grealish, don't get me wrong, but he's on the bench for this tournament for me is because I'm going Rashford because he's more direct. Mm. I think if, you, if you're if weighing it up, and the, what, the thing that I'd always come back to is who would I not want to play against? And I think if you were a right back and you looked up and you saw Grealish, you'd back yourself more than if you looked up and saw Rashford, even though both players are phenom- phenomenal. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's it, an interesting one, that, yeah. For me, it's just Rashford's sort of directness to run at you, beat you just sheer pace and he's just more of a threat I think from minute one than uh, Green would be I know I just want to throw this out real quick we'll have a quick 30 seconds discussion but I don't think anyone's mentioned his name yet I think he probably would fall under a winger category because he wouldn't start ahead of Kane but where do we stand on Greenwood and whether he gets a chance I was going to sort of sorry go on Rob I think that's what you're going to yeah I just think in terms of like Greenwood I think if, I don't know if we're touching on the attacking kind of attacking kind of role here but I think obviously there has to be some kind of backup for Kane and for me that comes from Calvert-Lewin personally um, you know Kane you know with his, with his ankle you know he could be he could get injured in the first game kind of thing uh, and if I think to win a tournament you need someone who's going to score five goals and I think who 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 can do that and I think the only person who really could do that other than Rashford and Kane is probably Calvert-Lewin um, so that's why personally personally stand on that also really quick on Rashford by the way I just think like just to win a tournament I feel like the whole nation has to kind of come together I feel like there has to be some kind of buzz and I feel like just like Russia there was that kind of vibe you know yeah. the nation was just great I just feel like Rashford with his you know with the stuff he's been doing off the pitch and things like that I just feel like he's the man who could really kind of you know he's got just that thing about him hasn't he the, the like, nation he could just if he scores a goal in the groups, he could just light up the country. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I feel like a, to win a tournament, there has to be another factor than what goes on on the pitch. I just feel like Rashford, he's that man. Do you know what I mean? I, that, I agree. Um, there's this Twitter page, I can't remember its at, but every time Rashford's not having a great game, he just says, someone tell Rashford the defenders are Tories and then let's just see what he does. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> what, what do you think, Greedy? Um... I don't think Greenwood's quite there yet compared to the other talents we have. I mean, he'll be saying to, to, to Southgate, you know, take a chance on me, but I, I just don't think it's the right time. Um, I, I think, like, the Kane's obviously starting, and I think you've got to pick... Um, I think Eggsy makes a valid point that if I'm a right-back one-on-one with someone, I'm backing myself against Grealish, whereas if I'm one-on-one with Rashford, I'm, I'm worried that he's just going to put it past me and He's going to be 30 yards gone before I even know it. Um, I think Grealish could be good on the bench to, to make a bit of an impact. I think Sancho needs to find some form because I think... He's, having... he's picked up the last few weeks. Well, that is, that's good to hear because I think if you have him and Rashford on the wings bombing down, we've got some serious pace and attacking threat there because teams are going to be constantly thinking, right, we can't push too high up the pitch. We're going to have to drop back a bit. And that's where you've got Foden and Grealish and whoever you've got in there is attacking midfield places to get a little bit more room and we've got a double-edged sword there. So, so you're not uh, picking uh, Raheem Sterling? I, I think it's a tough one because, like I said, I think that Sterling and Rashford are both better on the left, but you can't play both of them on the left. Um, unless you kind of... It's a tough one. Like Unless you maybe pick a diamond and you allow people to have a bit of a flexibility. But, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to go... I think Sterling starts for me because I think he's just he's a goal threat 
Um, he does miss some chances, but at least he gets himself into good positions to score goals. And I think you've got to have some pace. So I think if Rashford's playing well, then he probably starts for me as well. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be pushing just quickly that Sterling to the right and that that finish with him. I think he's a good enough player. At least he's an exceptional player, that clear. Like, I don't think you'd have any. Huh? Who are you talking about? Uh, Sterling. But uh, yeah, I think Rashford and Sterling on uh, starters on my wings. Uh, I get Greedy's point that they both probably would rather play on the left, but mm. not an issue for me. Like, he can, Sterling's one of the best players in the Premier League right now and he can mm. start on. For me, Sterling's England's best player. Like, I just think he's that good. For me, yeah. he's probably the best player. For me, I, I love Sterling. I, I wouldn't say he's the best player. I'd probably go Kane, but I can see like why you made that argument for sure. He's, I think he's sensational. Yeah, Guardiola took him to the next level, and yeah, he's yeah. just good. Then no, no, uh, no debate on who's the number nine. Um, any debate on his captaincy? Do you think there's better options as a captain, or do you think he he is the man to lead us? You know, he's getting twenty, what twenty seven now, twenty eight. So he's, he's good in prime years. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't want Maguire starting, so his captaincy is out of the question for me. Uh, it just doesn't lead by example on the pitch either. To be honest, he makes mistakes and he drops back, and I think I wasn't pushing Maguire as a captain anyway. He should. No, be. I, I know. I'm just it's putting like, it out there before you yeah. do, Greg. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think Kane has to be. He's he's our best player. He's, he demands the most from people. I think you could argue Henderson That's if he's starting. To be honest, um, I think Henderson's a great leader, so I wouldn't I wouldn't be disappointed if he got the captaincy. But um, I'm, I'm happy with Kane as well if if Henderson's injured or whatever. So back up then. So uh, Greeny, I know you've had reservations over Calvert Lewin, especially at the start of the season. You know. Have you gone for someone different as your backup striker? Um, no, I haven't because I'm not sure who else really gets a good shot at it. And I think at least Calvert-Lewin maybe offers you something a little bit different to Kane if we need it. But I would hope that we don't. Um, so I'd, I'd be intrigued to hear if anyone else has got a different option other than DCL. Could you say Danny Ings? Things is close, but he's close. It's a good shout. I think he's fallen off a little bit in the last few weeks, hasn't he? But I think he could be a good threat. I, I'd go Calvert Lewin. Uh, throwing other names out, I've not picked him. I don't think he's close. But someone said Ollie Watkins to me, and I was like, mm. you know, you got Tammy Abraham, Callum Wilson. Yeah, I, I, those two straight off the bat would get in ahead of Ollie Watkins for me. But yeah. someone just, I was like, I mean, he's got like ten goals this season. I could see it potentially, but. Nah, surely not. I, I think you're right in that Tammy Abraham and uh, Callum Wilson, who have England starts under the belt, would be knocking on the door harder than Ollie Watkins. I've got uh, a quick question for everyone. If if Vardy reverses his decision to retire, does he automatically yes. get into your squad? Absolutely. Get, he starts with it. Like, you have to fit him in with Kane somehow. If, he, if Vardy came back, you have to somehow get him in because he's just that good, isn't he? Like, he's so good. <laughs> should, should Southgate... Go to Vardy and say, "Look, you're still young. You're still playing fantastic. Give us, give us one last tournament where we actually feel like we've got a good attacking threat. Come and, yeah, come and come and do it for one last time." I'd love that. I would love that. I, I think, like, yes, if Southgate in theory should do that 100, percent I think you'd be mad not to. But Vardy's 
I mean, the reason, the whole reason you retired is because you never got a look in, uh, even though he was playing really good football. And it, like, why should he come back? He, I think he's made his sort of decision and thoughts pretty clear on that. Well, if you're not going to pick me when I'm at my best, what's the point type thing? And I'm old now anyway. So mm. yeah, I, I'd like to, I don't know if he starts instantly. I'd, I think that would disrupt the attacking flow too much. But yeah, if, if he threw his name in the hat, I'd 100% take him and he would have a good case to start. Did he go to the World Cup? Did we take him? I don't yeah. remember coming on. <laughs> I actually I don't remember coming on. I think on. He, did he come on as a sub a couple of times. I think, did he come on against Croatia as well? Did he? I don't I can't know. Remember. I can't it shows, remember. It shows we weren't using him though. I get we had Kane, but... Um, yeah. Um, um, I asked you all to pick a one to watch. So someone who just missed out on your squad, but could very much make his way into it. Um, Rob, who have you gone for as your potential one to watch? Uh, personally, I forgot to do that. Um, but I think I'll give you a couple um, minutes to think of one. I, I, I think maybe like you could argue Calvin Phillips, maybe at Leeds, something like that. He doesn't personally get into my squad, but um, he's a name that well, he's, he, you know Southgate's played him a couple of times before Christmas, um, and I don't know what I'd have to do now to justify getting into my squad personally. But I, I think you know you could say he's one to watch maybe for the future. Did that hurt? You know, you're not not a big fan of Leeds, are you? <laughs> pain me Exit who's yours one to watch um, this is I'd like him to get in because I think he's got potential but it might be a tournament too soon for him but with a new manager at Chelsea I wonder if Hudson Adoy if he gets some opportunities under his belt if he plays uh, are they still in the FA Cup I don't even know but if he, if he gets an opportunity and somehow gets sort of 10 games under his belt in quite quick succession I think he could potentially be a name that would really throw a spanner in the works. He's another attacking threat. Someone then would have to miss out, whether it's, you know, um, Saka or Greenwood, if he makes uh, Southgate's squad. He could just disrupt things if he can um, get some games. But it's a big if, and that's why he's not one to watch. He misses out for me, but there is potential there. Greenos? Um, I mean, I already had Ainsley... Maitland-Niles in my team but and I think there's there's some good attacking talent that are on the fringes like we said Hudson-Odoi Deli Ali might come back to good form um, but I think that just gives you a bit more of a selection headache that we don't really need in attacking places so I think I'm going with Rob and I think Calvin Phillips to, to provide that backup option to, to Jordan Henderson potentially so I'd say he's probably the one to watch for the squad Mine's a uh... Was mentioned by Eggsy, but no one else really brought him up. It's it's more to do with that midfield. Um, Jude Bellingham, I think he's he is a good player. I think it is a tournament too soon, but as I say, he doesn't make the squad. But I think he could very much force his way in. Where, where do you sit on this um, whole? You know, obviously Sancho's in Germany, Bell, Bellingham's in Germany. There's a lot of English talent out in Europe at the moment. Where do you sit with them coming in to play in England? Not in terms of they don't um, deserve it. In, um, I mean more in terms of the standards that they're playing against. Do they shine better against European teams that are you know, stereotypically, or as we perceive it, not as good as the Premier League? I think, I think that would be quite a naive view. I think, Rob, you've watched a lot of German football. I think that, especially in Germany, I think you can make that argument in France. It's the cliche thing to do and Spain the standards dropping off because Barcelona and Real Madrid are nowhere near what they used to be 10 years ago. But I think Germany, I don't think you get away with that argument at all. I think that's a really tough division. 
Uh, Rob's watched a lot of it. He'd answer this question better than I can. But yeah, I, I don't think you can make that argument. They're two very good players. Jude Bellingham, I agree, probably a tournament too soon. And I've not watched enough of him anyway. But yeah, that's where I stand on that. That wasn't my opinion, by the way. I was just, it was just as a question. Yeah, I think like it's the best place for them. Like, look at Sancho. I mean, I think Germany, I think the nurture players so well out in Germany. I think um, the fan, you know, fans, obviously, very passionate fan bases for a lot of clubs that look after the players. It's just a really great culture around football clubs. I just think that it's the best, you know, it's the best place for them. I mean, Sancho and, Be- and Bellingham going out there, you know, getting Champions League football, that kind of thing. I think it's what an opportunity. Um, I think, you know, I heard an argument a couple of years ago, maybe what English football is lacking is that, you know, the amount of players abroad. I don't know if I buy into that myself, but it can't hurt, surely. I mean, football is going out and playing for some of the biggest clubs in Europe outside of England. I don't think it's it can hurt. I, I think it's something we've suffered from quite a lot, to be honest. It's, it's rare that you ever see an English player go abroad to play. And you can argue that the leagues are not as strong, but having that exposure to a different style of football, playing with different players, there are some of the best players in the world that don't play in the Premier League and you'll never get the chance to come up against them. Like, you, if you look at the, the English cricket team at the moment, they've now allowed a lot of players to go and play abroad and play in competitions like the IPL where some of the best names are playing, playing in different conditions, playing in front of big crowds. And I think it only allows them to develop their skills and become better players. And I think that's something we've really suffered from because it's just been, you have to play in the Premier League or else nobody really cares. Um, So I I would like to see more young players go and have a couple of years, whatever league it may be, but go and have that exposure somewhere um, just to try a different style of football and maybe bring something else to their game. Right, finally, uh, this is this is a bit of a, not a make-up question, but how, how would you feel if, would, would you sacrifice this upcoming Euros if Southgate went pure youth, picked everyone, like, you know, like no Trippier, like Trent, James, really young side, sort of sacrificed this tournament coming up, gave them all experience and then went for the World Cup in 2022? Would you have any problems with that, or do you think we, you know, do you know I would say like building that reputa- that sort of experience for the younger players to then attack the the next World Cup? I, I mean, I personally would. I think these players now are, in, you know, I think the twenty two World Cup, twenty twenty two World Cup is something we should definitely look to win. But I think right now, you know, Kane's what twenty seven, Sterling's what twenty five, Rashford twenty four, whatever it is. You know, these players are now in their prime. You know, we can't just keep waiting forever. I think now we have a team who could just go to the next level. Um, I think maybe 2018 was the time to make the argument. But three years later now, this is where the players now are ready to look at every position we've got on the pitch as a player in their kind of mid-20s now. And I think that's just, I think they're just just waiting to explode. A lot of them are playing the best club sides in the world. The best, we've got Man City and Liverpool are two arguably the greatest Premier League you know, teams to exist. We've got Liverpool, you know, English football dominating European Champions League and the Europa League again. There's no excuse now to, to not go deep into a tournament, in my opinion. Yeah, I completely agree. And also, um, another sort of angle on that is I don't think Southgate would have the time to do that. I don't think if, if he doesn't have, if we don't make semi-finals, I think he's under a bit of pressure, to be honest with you, especially if he sort of picks a defensive uh, set up and he doesn't quite utilise the, the exciting plays that we've got I think people start to question him a, a bit more than they are doing now 
Um, so for me, it's not like last chance saloon, like we have to win it or Southgate goes, but he needs a good tournament. And if it's a group stage exit or a round of 16 quarterfinal exit, that pressure just heats up. So I don't think he's got the time to say, right, we're building for the World Cup. And I also agree entirely with Rob that actually these players are ready now. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's not now or never, but it's a big opportunity for England. Yeah, I think at some point you just have to say and stop looking to the future and say, actually, we've got a good group of players now and we have a real chance of doing something pretty good at this tournament. So let's go at it. Um, because we we have been guilty of always looking for the next best thing and thinking the grass is greener. And then when it comes to the big tournaments, we're not we're not in a position to, to go at it. So I think we've got a good enough team to give it a real crack. So there's no reason not to. All right, finally, it's a bit of a sticky group. Scotland, Czech Republic and Croatia, you know, it won't be straightforward. Scotland, you know, they're going to have the hearts on the sleeve. I know that. And we, and stereotypically, when the pressure's on, we crumble. And obviously, 2018, there was absolutely no expectation on England. And, and we sort of rode that wave with it. Now that re- expectation is back, um, it, as I say, it's not a straightforward group. C- can you see us becoming unstuck? Or do you think we're, we're past that England spot in the big stage? What, what do you think? I think... Uh, Sorry, Sorry. Now you go, you go. Um, I think that's a great point. Like the expectation wasn't there for 2018, and then all of a sudden it kind of was there in the knockout stages because we thought we had a chance and kind of bowled it against Croatia. Um, so yeah, I think the pressures you can't underestimate that, and I'm nervous about it already. The Scotland game, I know me and Rob are talking about this, like this is massive. I can't even tell you how big that Scotland game will be for us and for them. So I think the pressure will be there and I think it will have an impact. And that's why, as as hopeful as I want to be and say we can win it and stuff like that, I think we probably will come unstuck at some point in that knockout stage in a big game against a, a team that's been there and done it, like a France or a Germany or whatever. I just, I'm a little bit nervous. I'd like to be really optimistic and say, yeah, no problems. But in reality, I think it could be uh, the unsticking point for England. I think our approach to the Scotland game is going to be massive to how we can judge where we are in terms of the tournament. You know, if we can go out and just, you know, play dominant football, dominate Scotland, that kind of thing, and show flex our muscles a little bit, I think that can really show our approach. But if we turn it into like another Premier League game, like we did against Wales in the Euros 2016, that's when it can start. The you know that's when the that's when you can really kind of judge England personally. Well, just on like a broader, you know, level of like societal level, I think this summer just has the potential to be Euro '96 levels of like, you know, cultural significance. You know, where we are as a country now in terms of COVID, and we could be coming out of that this summer. And to have a tournament to go alongside that could just be absolutely astronomical. And I think there's going to be an added pressure for that because these players now have a chance to become legends of English folklore, really. Um, if you know, if we do something for this tournament and it becomes a summer of liberation for the country, as it were, then you know there's there's, there's so much potential for this. You know, these players to go down as absolute legends. Yeah, all the more reason to pick a, an attacking team of players who are full of confidence and just go out and try and dominate teams, not try and just pass around the back and and try and build up something slowly and try and nick it from a set piece. Like, let's pick players who are going to go at it, who are full of confidence and go out and, and put the other team under pressure so that we don't feel it early stages. All right, last question. Where, where, where are we finishing? What, what, what round are we getting to? Are we getting to the final semis quarters? 
Uh, it's quarterfinal for me, I'm afraid. I hate to be that guy, but I just feel like the pressure might get too much. Rob? Uh, I think we'll maybe... I get, yeah, I kind of agree with that. Cause I'd like to think we'll go further, but I do just think... Uh, I don't think we've shown enough recently. I don't think we've shown enough before Christmas to to justify you know, being potential tournament winners, personally. I, I think we're going out in the group stage because Southgate's going to pick a pretty average team, to be completely honest. I think if he picks a good team, the quarters are very realistic and I'd be fairly content with that. But I, I think he's going to pick a bang average team and we're going to we're going to struggle in the group stages. What do you think it's going to take for us to win it? Something like that. I, we got a lot of pens in 2018 for the AR and took it on shirts and things like that. And not got lucky by any means, um, but like we did have penalties and things like that to kind of help us through and stuff like that. And winning on penalties against Colombia, you always need that bit of luck. So it's cliche, but yeah, some just a big slice of luck to, to win it, I think. You need a perfect tournament. You need everything to go well. Like that, that's I think that's what England need at the moment for a good one because I can't see past Portugal. I know it's a, um, people would say France, Germany, but Portugal for me at the moment are looking pretty pretty strong. If you think about this core of players: uh, Ruben Diaz, Cancelo, Bruno Fernandes, Ronaldo. Thank you. Who else? Who do you, Exe and Green, you think are favourites for this tournament? In your opinion? Yeah, I think um, Portugal's not by shot. Actually, didn't consider them really until you listed off those players but I think France to be honest with you are just their team's ridiculous and uh, yeah they've got, all, they've got Mbappe as well can I make that clear he is I think right up there top three players in the world right now and he can be the X Factor England are favourites with the bookies which just blows my mind a little bit but <laughs> typical typical bookies <laughs> well I, pre- I appreciate uh, your time that was a really good podcast um, some good uh, discussions in that so uh, thanks for joining Cheers, guys. Pleasure as always. Thank you.